Grace and mercy and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I wonder how many requests for help Jesus got on any given day. I can only imagine that it would have been overwhelming. In some places in Scripture, we're given some details about just how overwhelming it was, at least at times. There, there were times when Jesus and his disciples couldn't even find the time to get a bite to eat. There were times when the, the crowd was so big that, that people took desperate measures, like letting their friend, their paralyzed friend, in through a, a roof uh, of the house where Jesus was just so that they could get to him. Uh, th there were times when people were so eager to see Jesus that they ran on foot around the, the Sea of Galilee while Jesus was sailing across so that they could meet him on the other side. If you were living in Israel, say in one of those little towns in Galilee, would you expect Jesus to come and help you? What would it take for you to, to go out and, and, and push through those crowds or, or run around the sea or stay out all day and all night hoping to get a chance to talk to him? Would you eagerly go through all of that or might you instead think, it's no use. Look at all these people and who am I? Why would Jesus notice me? Why would he help me? Today we're, we're considering a, a, a wonderful account in the book of Luke about a man who knew that he wasn't worthy, but that didn't stop him from asking Jesus for help. This is a man who had faith, a, a faith that, that trusts that Jesus helps the unworthy. And this is something that is important for us. We don't live in first century Israel, and we aren't waiting in line to see Jesus, but even so, we're often in a similar situation. We're confronted with the troubles that face us in this life, and with the guilt that weighs us down. There are problems that we can't solve. We need help. We need Jesus. But who am I? Why would Jesus notice me? Why would he help me? Our Lord teaches us here that his help is not dependent on our worthiness. Not at all. Have faith, a faith that trusts that Jesus helps the unworthy. This account took place early on in Jesus' ministry in the, the region of, of Galilee where he spent much of his time teaching. This seems to have happened right after the, the famous Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went into the town of Capernaum and it was there that he was met by some of the, the Jewish elders. They had come to Jesus with a, a rather strange request. They wanted his help for a centurion. Uh, a centurion was a sort of a, a captain in the Roman army. In the Roman army, the largest division was the, the legion. 
And uh, they varied in size, but you could say for rough numbers, maybe uh, about 6,000 men in a, a legion. That was divided into 10 cohorts, uh, about 600 each. And each of those was divided into six centuries or centurii uh, of 100 men each. Each group of 100 men had a, a centurion as their, their leader. During peacetime, you wouldn't have whole legions just parked in one place. That would be way too expensive to maintain. But you would find centurions in many places stationed to keep the peace. Almost in some ways maybe a little bit like a, like a chief of police. But in, in Israel, a land that was occupied by Roman control, the, the Romans and their army and everything about them was hated by the Jews. They were, they were occupiers. They were taking away their freedoms, taking away their money through taxes. And on top of all of that, they were immoral pagans, Gentiles who worshipped every false god under the heavens. These Jewish elders, they knew very well what a strange request it was when they came to Jesus asking him to help a centurion. The centurion was a, an important man. He was probably quite wealthy. In, in his house, there was a servant who was sick and who was near death. And, and you might make a lot of assumptions about what kind of a, a person a centurion must be, but those uh, assumptions, Jesus, uh, these elders wanted Jesus to know that these assumptions, they would be all wrong. Yes, Jesus, yes, he, he is a Gentile. Yes, He's a, a centurion, but he is worthy of your help. He's different. He values his servants. He loves our nation. He even built our synagogue for us. He is worthy, they told him. Jesus went with them. Uh, but when he came near this worthy centurion's house, some friends of the centurion stopped him with another message. The centurion had sent them to tell Jesus, Lord, do not trouble yourself, because I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another one, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And Luke tells us, when Jesus heard these things, he was amazed at him. He turned to the crowd that was following him and said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. The Jewish elders made the argument to Jesus that the centurion was worthy of his help. But when Jesus got there, the centurion made the opposite argument. I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. I did not consider myself worthy to come to you. But even though he didn't consider himself worthy, he, he still believed that Jesus would help. All Jesus had to do was say the word. He, he made a comparison to his own authority. I, I know how authority works. All I have to do is is say the word. And the soldiers under me, my servants, they, they do 
what I say. If that works for me, well then how much more for you? Just say the word. My servant will be healed. Jesus did heal that servant. and He was amazed at that centurion's faith. All over Israel, people had come to Jesus for help, but not anyone like this. Even those Jewish elders, they were thinking in terms of what made this man worthy of Jesus' help. But not him. This man knew that he was unworthy, but he still called on Jesus for help. He trusted that Jesus helps unworthy sinners. When, when we talk about faith, we, we can divide it into three parts. There are three Latin names for these, these parts. They're uh, uh, notitia, essentia, and fiducia. The, the first one, notitia, is knowledge. And, and that's just the, the simple knowledge. I know what the Bible says. I, I know that it teaches that God is triune. I, I know that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. I, I know many people truly believe that Jesus rose from the dead. The second part, then, essentia, is agreement. Yes, Jesus did do amazing things, things that only God could do. Yes, he did die on the cross. Yes, he must have risen from the dead. Those first two parts of faith are important, but they aren't enough. James says in chapter 2 of his letter, he says, you, you believe that God is one good for you. Even the demons do that and shudder. We need something more. Just knowing that Jesus is the Son of God who came into the world is not enough. Just knowing that he died on the cross is not enough unless I know that he died on the cross for me. We need that last part, the third part, fiducia, a simple, trusting faith that, that clings to the saving love of our God. We're not worthy. Not a single one of us. It doesn't matter how much we love God's kingdom. It doesn't matter how many churches we've built. Even if we dedicated every moment of our lives and every ounce of our energy to his service, it still would not be enough to make up for our sins. How can we deserve anything from God when we have ignored his word and despised his gifts and rebelled against him in every conceivable way? The centurion knew this. He was born a, a Gentile, outside of the chosen nation of God. No amount of scrubbing could make his home ceremonially clean. Nothing that he could do could change his heritage and make him a, a descendant of blessed father Abraham. But even in his proud position as a centurion, he wasn't afraid to humble himself before God. He was confident of God's mercy 
He was sure of God's power, a power that required nothing but the word of Jesus. Today, Jesus is no longer visible on earth. He's not coming to town with the the crowds following after him, where we might hope to, to get a chance to push our way to the front and, and take his hand or, or bow down and kiss his feet. Instead, he ascended into heaven and he, he took up his divine rule so that he is not far from us at all times. We don't have to send anyone to get him for us because he promises that he is always with us. And he hears our prayers for his mercy's sake. And he doesn't hesitate to answer them because our God is a God who helps those who are unworthy. That death that Jesus suffered on the cross, that wasn't for holy people. It was for sinners. That hell that was poured out on him while the sun itself went dark was for sinners. For you, and for me, and for every deed that we've done, and every word that we've spoken, and every thought hidden in the dusty cupboards of our hearts that makes us unworthy to call on him, to stand before him, to have him come under our roof or anywhere near us. Jesus knows those sins, every one of them. He paid for those sins on the cross. He washes those sins away in your baptism He gives his own holy body and blood as food and drink for unworthy sinners for the forgiveness of sins. Don't ask for God's love and mercy and help while trusting in your worthiness. If the help of Jesus is based on our worthiness, who of us will ever be heard? Who of us could be saved? No. Turn to the Lord. Rely on his mercy. His mercy never fails. Jesus loves and hears and helps and saves the unworthy. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.